the fantasy keeper league pod episode seven week eight as always i'm your host khan katri joined to my right it's mikhail hamadialu <laughs> hello everyone and our special surprise guest of the week is none other than roxborough's own goodwill hunting himself <laughs> fontaine's famous and finest anthony banani <laughs> welcome glad to be here how are you i'm doing great very happy to be in this league for the first time. Glad to have you. Yeah. Very glad to have you. I hope it's been an enjoyable and entertaining experience so far. For sure. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, all right. The thing we want to start doing with our new kind of guests as they come on is, you know, turn the spotlight on them because you, you're taking a chunk of your day. We'll cut that in post. All right. So the thing we want to start doing with our new guests is... Turn the spotlight on them because you're taking a chunk of your day out to come speak with us. You should be able to talk about yourself a bit. So I want to give you 30, 40 seconds to talk about Root Security LLC. All right. So um, this is definitely, um, well, obviously my first year in a keeper league overall. So um, I'm actually pretty impressed with how my team turned out um, because I did actually look at the last year. I guess, draft um, of Matt Bergman, the team I inherited, <laughs> and the, the, the situation I inherited here. So, um, Did you know that he had an extra first and an extra second? I did not know that. Either? All I know is, I think first overall, he took Le'Veon Bell, which yeah. clearly screwed him. So <laughs> he wasn't in a great situation last year. Um, so my only good keepers this year were Lockett and Odell. It's very receiver-heavy. And then with a the six overall pick, I took another receiver. Um, just because I wasn't very confident in any running backs there, nor the value of them at number six. So I just went with a receiver-heavy team, um, which paid off in the beginning, getting to go 3-0, and but obviously the points scored against were very low. So it wasn't super honest um, record, yeah. and now I've kind of evened out. But yeah. um, I, I, I like the moves I've made recently to get a little bit of running back help and also kind of prepare for next year's draft. Yeah, I feel like I have definitely been hard on your team on this podcast. Um, mostly because, yeah, weeks prior it did seem like you squeaked by, but yeah. now it seems like your team is definitely rounding into shape, uh, uh, accumulating in the ass-kicking that you gave me, which we'll talk about <laughs> in the next segment. <laughs> which we will, I guess, transition, so to, right transition to right now. Of course. It is the Week 7 Recap everyone and overall let's talk about how it was a sloppy disjointed week where only three of the 12 teams got over their projected totals so i think the main overall takeaway is that we had winners that felt lucky to have won and losers that kind of are questioning how good their teams actually are 
um, who have a lot of teams in kind of the low, below 120 <clears throat> points, let's say. A couple didn't even reach it. We have 86, 93, 71 up there. Um, and yeah, I mean, let's jump into this team by team. I'm awarding the game of the week, which kind of I had to give by sh- through sheer force to Kant, uh, simply because <laughs> it's like golf class, it was an absolute play. avalanche. <clears throat> 221 to 71 points from Shane. Um, yeah, great win, Kant. Um, congratulations. Shane saw that the score was, he was down by over 120 points or whatever. And just traded away the rest of the starters before they even played because there was no point. Pretty much. I'm glad yeah. it wasn't a closer game because that could have been looked at as a skeevy <laughs> yeah. in, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Some kind of uh, collusion going on yeah. internally. Yeah, so we're looking at two players over 40, another two over 30, one over 25. Um, of course, New England defense, the juggernaut <laughs> keeps on rolling. Uh, then the sneaky MVP of the season for sure, for the whole league, maybe. Um, yeah, they're really good. Um, we were just talking about <laughs> uh, what we would trade them for in terms of like players. And just for, I don't know why, we were, we were looking at like Jim's team. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, the only player I would even possibly entertain is Dalvin Cook. <laughs> and even <laughs> and, and, and it sounds like pretty ridiculous to say that, but when you just look at the total point scores and legitimately they're the seventh <clears throat> best player in terms of that. Yeah. So finding six people higher than him is pretty hard, basically. Do you know off the top of your head how many points per game they're averaging over like the second best defense? Oh, on top yeah, of that was, I, was I would say probably like 20, 25. What? Average? I would, the, the the difference between one yeah. and two average. So if they're 20 averaging like 25 not. points a game, yeah. I think second place might be a good seven, eight points. Yeah, I mean, we can move on, but <clears> I can definitely... Let me know. Out. I'll talk about Shane's team, uh, especially how no one had a good team. No one had a good game for him, uh, except for the San Francisco defense, which I think is in second place in defenses. Look that up and confirm. Um, it's nine, nine points, yeah. not 25. Yeah, That's so we... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like 14 more than the third best defense because San Francisco is on historic pace, I think, for yeah. a defense as well because they're undefeated. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, 13, 14 points was pretty ridiculous. So, um, just got to talk about how much of a disappointment Melvin Gordon has been since coming back. Um, we, we, we were hyping him up. And <laughs> <laughs> suffice to say, it's been nothing short of a disaster. So I, I don't think uh, Shane is at all happy with his team, and yeah, you kind I mean, of will see this, it. this game was weird. I don't know if you like were watching it, but they they weirdly got down early enough that he just wasn't able to be effective. Oh, like Eckler, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was like Eckler got a couple of throws at the end when they were like rushing to get back. But it's the thing, like J- John's been saying this about uh, Philip Rivers that he just he's just old. It's just like his fucking arm just looks off, and he's doing like dumb shit. Like, age is, age is catching up to him. I think Gordon also round out into shape as the season progresses. Um, yeah. But this two-game sample size could certainly have gone a lot better. Also, him. their offensive line is awful. I don't think that's going to change. But, yeah, I think there's only <laughs> uphill to go. Yeah. Um, moving on, I want to talk about the matchup I had with our special guest this week, uh, which was the 152-104 to 104 Spanking put on you, God Man, damn. Not close. 
in any shape or form, really. Um, win by Ant. Congrats. Off the top of your head. Thank for, you. Thank you. For uh, correctly picking the Chase Edmonds breakout game. Uh, which <laughs> what a good pickup by you. Set the tone for the rest of the matchup. Two first quarter <clears> touchdowns, <throat> both of them 20 yards out. Um, after that, I was kind of like, yeah, this, this isn't looking too good. Um, good bounce back game from Jared Goff, too. Um, I don't think I would have stuck with him after we did last week. So props on that also. Uh, what else we got? We have some solid contributions from your recent acquisitions, James White, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about this week overall? So I believe with um, Edmonds, I pretty much started him because of like bye weeks and injuries on my team. So, I mean, I, I picked him up, I think, two weeks ago just because there was like um, – some, I guess some injury concern with David Johnson, like nice. his health going forward. And, and they were giving him some touches as well. So He got one touch, and then he left. Yeah. And I don't think he... Yeah, yeah. Did you guys know what happened with that? With, I, I didn't even see. So the whole thing was like Friday, um, Kingsbury was like, yeah, if the game were today, Johnson wouldn't be able to play. It's like, all right, well, the game's in two fucking days, so yeah. what does that mean? And then he was like listed as a starter, and then they only... Activated two running backs, so everyone's like, "Oh, Edmonds and Johnson." That means Johnson is fine. Edmonds is going to fill the role, but in reality, Johnson was the emergency running back, and he apparently went out for the first series and tried it, and was like, "Oh shit, I can't actually play." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Edmonds came in to just do the rest. Edmonds three. Oh, t- oh, that's why Matthew Barry was so mad. Yeah, because yeah. they <laughs> fucked yeah, everyone over. Yeah. Um, so Edmonds, three touchdowns and 20-plus yards, man. all three. Mm-hmm. David Johnson, for his career, three touchdowns and 20-plus yards. Nice. Oh, like runs, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about lightning in the bottom <laughs> against me. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely, like, somewhat started him at a necessity, but at the same time, like, when I had him on my bench, like, was pretty Good confident he, he would Good do play. something. Yeah. I was not expecting 36. But. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I don't know. At this point, I just want, like, one week where everyone is healthy and then they're normal <clears> – <throat> You know, NFL situation, yeah. they're not playing with, like, a backup quarterback after the record-setting starter gets injured. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll get to taste it, but it wasn't this week. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about Jimmy's game versus Ilya. Jimmy won 135 to 117 in a fairly close game, I would say, um, considering the, the difference in talent, I guess. Um, Jimmy's running backs led the way with 29 points from Dalvin Cook, which has kind of become a weekly occurrence and a surprising 33 from Alvin Kamara's backup, Latavius Murray, which I didn't expect at all against the Bears defense. That was pretty crazy. Uh, what else? The recent acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins finally freed Already from playing the, dividends. Yeah, finally freed from the shackles of Ant's team. <laughs> yeah. Unleashing for Unleashed. a 26.6 performance. Yeah. <laughs> I was holding him back. Yeah, you it's yeah. Uh some disappointments from Matt Ryan, Kenny Galladay, Mark Andrews, even Keenan Allen on Jimmy's side, but uh just too much talent on his side overall to lose. Um considering for Ilya, Saquon's return couldn't save him as seemed largely disappointed. Um I mean, if you look at his team, the best performer was Lamar Jackson, who seemed like he was having a better real-life day than fantasy football day anyway. Um, apart from that, uh, he had Damian Williams starting in there, which 
I thought we'd come back to hurt him, but he didn't have anyone better on his bench, so I guess not. Uh, and one final note, a tragic 1.6... Oh, wait, that's not him. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah, worry. We'll, we'll cut that in post. That's all I have for this matchup. Uh, Jimmy goes to 5-2 and two and settles into the third place, which I think is more or less where he belongs after John and Mishi. Uh, Ilya drops to three and four, uh, still in seventh place, which is better than definitely where he belongs. I think I don't know. I said he was a dark horse, but now I'm kind of second guessing it. But yeah, we can revisit. Um, moving on, Mishi versus Jeff. This was a two relatively high ranked teams going at it. Uh, Mishi comes away with a one twenty seven to eighty six point victory. Uh, kind of. Very disappointing week for Jeff, all things considered. Uh, the injuries to Pat Mahomes and Carryon Johnson kind of took his team down. Um, yeah, as I was saying, a tragic 1.6 points for Evan Ingram versus the Arizona Cardinals defense, which was known to just hemorrhage points to tight ends. Yeah, um, I would say he's my most disappointing player of the week, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. I, think he got, I think he got poked in the eye. I don't know if that did Yeah, anything, I remember that. It's, not, it's never good. Um, for Mishi, a good balanced effort, five players between like 18 and 23 points. Uh, Sonny Michelle had three touchdowns and it was like the three, it was like the least impressive three touchdown day I think I've ever seen. But he's only has 22 points for three touchdowns. Yeah, all, basically ridiculous. all of that came from the touchdowns. Um, so, but congrats to Mishi for making through the McCaffrey bye week, uh, intact. As much as he might try to hamper himself... Fate will not let it. Yeah. Mishi rolls <laughs> he had, When he has no choices. He does exactly how he should do it. basically yep. on bottom. Yeah, I'm surprised Mishi didn't, like, bench Stefan Diggs for Alan Lazard, like, last second. The safe pick. It's the yeah, safe pick. It, it's know? like Aaron Rodgers' favorite receiver. They have a connection from high school. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on, John Edelman versus Brian. Uh, I think I mentioned last week that if there was ever – a week for John to be vulnerable to a loss. It was this one. And he did uh, end up with only 126 points, which is kind of way below what everyone expects from his team. But across the aisle, he was still able to outscore Brian's team, uh, who only scored 111. So uh, kind of a bit of a luck of the draw there, I would say. But then again, if you look at the rest of the team and how they performed, not really. Um, so John's Eve team produced uh, pretty much a balanced output. Nick Chubb, Mike Evans, uh, James Conner were on by, as I mentioned. So a lot of players he still had that were able to fill in, put in like nice 15, 16 points. Uh, but he did leave Aaron Rodgers' 62 points on the bench. Um, I think he's so far ahead in the points scored tiebreaker that I don't think it really matters. But still, you never want to see 62 points left on the bench. Um, and yeah, I mean, for Brian, he had 36 points from Jacoby Brissett. But other than that... What a solid pickup to quarterback yeah, he's turning yeah. out to be, huh? Yeah, that's that Frank Reich coaching right there. The Eagles are not good because Frank Reich is no longer game-planning our entire offense. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of... Funny but sad how obvious it is. I feel like Frank Reich had such an effect on like the start of games just through the preparation and like I've read an article about like how he had such a um, 
Yeah. Such an Our impact. Eagles insider. Yeah. <laughs> insider. The narrow, what do we like? <laughs> let's get it. <laughs> oh my god. Um, he had like such an impact on like the the scripted drives that like you know most teams do like the first. Oh, like the first, first fifteen play- yeah. yeah. Like they like script out exactly how a drive's going to go. Like he had a big impact on that, and I don't think Doug Peterson or Mike Grow are obviously doing as much on that. Without Our him. script on that is pass out of bounds, shotgun handoff. <laughs> Third and seven, screen pass to Alshon Jeffries. That yeah. gets two points, two yards. Yeah. Uh, Turnover on downs. Yeah. Um, yeah, besides the percent, not really much happening for Brian. Good pickup from Jimmy Graham. For Brian me. left Jimmy Graham, yeah. the East Coast and his fantasy football hopes all in like <laughs> the same month, it sounds like. Sorry, he has a second round pick next year. He'll be fine. My That's great. Pick. Do you think he'll use it to draft um, Calvin Ridley? Just kidding. Who didn't he draft him for the second round pick? They're uh, certainly not on his team right um, now. It's fine. On the, <laughs> the last but not least, we have uh, Steve Foltz winning against John Paulito, 104 to 93. Foltz, Foltz, Foltz. First uh, win of the fucking. Congrats wow. on the first wow. win. Congrats on getting it only 104 points scored. Um, damn. Uh, what can we say about this? <laughs> congrats on starting congrats on starting the right quarterback yeah first of all congrats on that Baker Mayfield had a bye but yeah. still congratulations um yeah despite congratulations you know, on one snap Joe David Mixon. Johnson despite one snap from David Johnson and um someone named D Fells in your tight end spot you were able to muster enough points to overcome John Plano who's like three and three his team isn't bad I think just, just like starting a quarterback three and, four and now. well, he's three and four now, but coming yeah. in he was two and three. But starting a quarterback in like a pouring rain kind of game, then the nine zero is never a good idea. Um, I think that's where he went wrong, probably. Um, and then after that, just really this this Greg Kittle guy has kind of been disappointing more often than not, and um, he's fucking up, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's definitely, and this actually brings up a good point. I feel like we should be more prominently using, like, erasures from fantasy football experience. So there's just got to be games like this or the Rams game where, like, Jared Goff had, like, two points. Yeah. You just have to, like, erase those, like, statistics because it's just, like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. If you use this to predict anything, you're gonna, you're wrong. Like, <laughs> it's just not going to be accurate. Well, the, yeah, This counts for that. This 9-0 win. The 9-0, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, he was yeah he was in that game too. I yeah, but yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I started Tevin Coleman. I saw it was pouring rain, and I was like, okay, great, they're gonna have a nice running attack. But it was just nothing. They happening. were slipping and sliding, having a grand old time. <clears throat> uh, and that's our recap, folks. Uh, hold that rewind before we end the recap. I just want to point out that for the last two weeks of recap, your boy over here is first in points scored both fucking weeks. So I just want to say I'm coming for all you assholes. Nice. Maybe you can finish over 500. Maybe you just time. Jim, Mishi, and John. <laughs> but over 500 is the first goal. I'm like Lamar Jackson. I own the first prize. And then I'll focus <laughs> on the next week after that. Nice. And that is the end of the official week seven recap. Thank you, guys. Welcome back. And for this next segment, we're going to discuss all these ridiculous and amazing... Terrible. Uh, awesome trades that just went down in our league uh, the past week and I guess the week before. 
So starting off, I just want to go over some of the some of the biggest, some of the main ones. Starting with the most recent, we have Jim and Jeff, where Jeff received Matt Ryan, DJ Chark, and a third-round pick for sending away Patrick Mahomes, who was a keeper and a round 11 pick. Awful. Awful. Another pick between uh, trade between me and Shane, I traded away Juju Smith-Suster, an eighth-round pick and a 13th-round pick. For DK Metcalf, Julian Edelman, a round five pick and a round nine pick. Horrible. The trade between Jeff and Shane, where he... He, being Shane, acquired Kareem Hunt and a second-round pick for Jeff to acquire Le'Veon Bell and a 14th-round pick. Just absolutely god-awful. Um, the trade between Jim and Ant, where Ant sent away DeAndre Hopkins and a 14th-round pick for T.Y. Hilton and a round-four pick. Awful. I actually like that one. I don't like no. that one. <laughs> um, the Jeff and Ant trade where uh, Jeff sent away... James White and a third-round pick to acquire Odell Beckham Jr. and an 11th-round pick. Horrible. And the other big one right before that was the Travis Kelsey and a fourth-round pick, which was uh, acquired by Hove for sending away Julio Jones and a third-round pick to John. What the fuck were they thinking? So a lot of trades happened. There were a couple before that, but those were kind of some of the main ones we wanted to kind of bring you guys up to speed on. So for this next this segment, we can't really talk about the trades in a podcast format. Uh, one by one because we'll never kind of get out from the rut of it. So we need to look at this on a more holistic approach. So we're going to go player by player and just take a look at the photos I've posted below this link in the group me chat. It's going to have these trades we're going to talk about and kind of what we're referencing. Yeah. So I'll give you guys a couple seconds, like pull that out of your images or your group me if you want to. Yeah. Take a moment to appreciate all the hard work I put in for you little piglets. Sucking from the teeth yeah. of his fucking <laughs> breast. Ungrateful swine. Yeah. Um, all right. So that should be out by now. We're going to start off with Shane. So as you can see, on the left side is what he received. And on the right side, what he sent out. So he received overall Juju Smith-Suster, who's an 11th round keeper. Marquise Brown, who's a 13th round keeper. Cream Hunt, TJ Hawkinson, undrafted. A second round pick, an eighth round pick, and a 13th round pick. And net, he sent out Le'Veon Bell, Julian Edelman. DK Metcalf, who's a ninth-round keeper, Devin Singletary, McCall Hardman undrafted, a fifth-round pick and a ninth-round pick. One thing to keep in mind as I've listed all this is I didn't list that Shane like sent an eighth-round pick and received another eighth-round pick. If you got something and sent it out again, it's not going to be a part of this. It's just that it makes sense to kind of include it twice. Yeah, and so also keep that in mind. Uh, yeah, also like it doesn't have to be like if you have someone else's eighth, but you sent out your eighth, then that still counts as the same eighth-round pick because yeah. I'm not gonna. Get into like if you have an eighth round pick, it doesn't matter whose eighth round pick it is. For instance, um, I'm not gonna make too much of an effort to discern that. So, yes. Yeah, so what do you guys think about Shane? Kind of you know trading away Juju, a promising keeper, and Marquise Brown, and a second oh, round. He pick. received it. Sorry, he got Juju, Marquise Brown, a second round pick. Trading away Le'Veon Bell for this year, Julian Edelman for this year, DK Metcalf. Devin Singletary. He kind of like stripped this team out, for, definitely for this year when he saw that downward spiral coming. Well, so let's start with the – I guess start with the picks because that's the easiest thing to look at. Um, getting a second, an eighth, and a 13th for a fifth and a ninth, I think uh, that's a win for Shane, right, in terms of the picks. You definitely want to have that extra second-round pick in your pocket more than anything. That pays more dividends than a fifth-round pick later on. Right. Um, and the difference between like eighth and ninth obviously isn't as big. And by the time you have a 13th round pick, it's like a kick or a defense. That's kind of irrelevant. 
Um, so in terms of picks, Shane comes away with the with the win. Um, as far as the players that he sent out, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Julian Edelman, Metcalf, those guys, I think, or the first two are like weak to weak starters, I would say, right? DK Metcalf is more of like a situational guy. Um, Devin Singletary, we don't really know what he is yet. Um, it's This is, I was going to say he, that's a keeper pick, but he was like drafted in the fourth round. So it's not even a keeper league. Uh, it's not even a keeper pick. Um, so we, we're still waiting to see what happens with him. Um, I think, yeah, he only ended up with like 2.6 points last week, even though he was just back <coughs> from injury already. So um, still waiting for him to pick it up. I want to erase that performance, but not a good one. Uh, Miko Hardman, I I don't know. I mean, he's... He's a guy. He's, I mean, he's going to be not irrelevant because he's in that Chiefs offense, um, you know, next year when Patrick Mahomes is back and fully healthy. Um, so he's potentially a good keeper, but I don't know how he fits in exactly. Like, I don't know if he's going to go over a thousand yards or whatever, like be that relevant. Um, so in terms of like this year, Shane sent away Le'Veon Bell, Julian Edelman, and DK Metcalf. I think we can focus on those three as kind of like the core pieces. Yeah, the core pieces yeah. of what he his team gutted. And to replace it, he got back Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been a huge disappointment, as you can talk huge about. Huge disappointment. Um, but at the same time, his value is low as it's going to get. Pretty much. Um, I don't think he's going to perform any worse than he will. Uh, Marquise Brown, who had a great week one and then, I don't know, has been up and down since? He's been hurt. Um, Kareem Hunt, who's coming back uh, week 10, I think. Right. Um, so, but even then, he's going to be a change of pace guy. But he's a 10th round keeper. So he, I mean, Shane acquired three keepers is what I'm saying. He did, yeah. That's, that's, this is a move for next year for sure. But there is a slim chance that he can put together something for this year, too. Uh, I would say no. No? No. No. Juju is not – that offense is not going to get to where he needs to be this year. Like, like you said, like it's going to be what happens to the quarterback position next year in, in, with the Steelers that's going to really determine what's going to happen with Juju. Yeah. And that's something I was not comfortable uh, being there to find out. Right. So I'm like, fuck it. Okay. Well, then at least you could say that – uh, even though he sent out a whopping five people and got like four people back, you can see the strategy of setting up for next year yeah. pretty clearly. Yeah, right. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty binary about a lot of this. It's if you don't think you're going to get a chance to be in that like top four or five mix, mm-hmm. bottom out because we don't have a league punishment to necessarily discourage that. So why not try to get six first round picks next year to go as yeah. absolute as you can? Like your all time standing hurt, but like. Other than, like, this doc he just showed us who checks that. Um, so, no, like, him getting a second-round pick, uh, the keepers, he's definitely well set for next year. Um, yeah. I, in terms of, like, competing for this year, I guess it's it's a wash because he's setting away some, like, you said, week-to-week starters. Yeah. Um, and it could hurt him in the hindsight if Singletary or Hardman kind of, like, blow up. Yeah. But I would say it's, like, a, a wash or, like, slightly fav- favorable to Shane. Like, d- definitely, like, even kind of... Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I think no, there's no, like... Crazy steal, but there's nothing where I feel he like shifted a strategy, yeah. kind of like for next year. So it'll be interesting to see how it pays off. Yeah, maybe I should uh, make more of an effort to remind people of their all-time standings. Like, haha, you're like below 500. That all-time. would help discourage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. 
<laughs> which which Shane is, by the way, I think he's like slightly below 500. Um, so he may sound smart in the group chat. But... <laughs> <laughs> Score important. Scoreboard. <laughs> we should have it in the group chat where your percentage has to be. Yeah. 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 Everyone should update and their you have name. to update it after every week. I'm down for that. Yeah. I'm definitely down for that. I think or I'm... at least a seasonal record because that'll yeah. be really easy to yeah. be like, yo, I fucking. Yo, why is this one in 16 talking, talking to me right now? Get the fuck out of here. All right. Um, so the. The other team, so Shane had a whopping four trades done. Brian had three, so he's next up. Um, uh, you want to run down the... Yeah, so actually, at this point, you've pulled your phone out, so I'm not going to list every single like player, because I'm not going to list like 14 well, yeah, players for a trade. Be running at the, at the gym or something. All right, I'm going to list the major guys. So Brian received Nicole Hardman, Terrell Williams, second-round pick and a 13th-round pick, and a later pick for Brian, who sent away, same guy, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Freeman, Hawkinson, eighth-round pick, and some later-round picks. Hawkinson's an undrafted keeper, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think, Ant? Can you see um, a strategy? Do you think this adds up to something positive? I mean, he definitely got pick value, so he's definitely like looking for next year as well. Because like he, he gave up Kelsey and Devontae, who were like weekly starters. Literally his first and second round pick, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, in return, got a second and a third and a keeper, which is a clear next year move. Um, I mean, it's player, like players he got, they, they, you know, they could help this year. They're not going to obviously replace what he gave up, but I don't think it puts him in a terrible hole <clears throat> for this year, just looking at it, face value. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said about Hardman, like I don't know where he really fits in. So next year, but um, Terrell Williams, I I don't think has keeper value, and he's hurt as of now. Although he was playing pretty well when yeah uh, he was healthy. The second and third round picks are obviously huge. Um, when you have to trade away your first and second round pick for this year, that's like a very significant thing yeah. to trade away. But um, again, like I see a clear strategy. Um, well, let's talk about that strategy because Brian was a team that was kind of failing pretty obviously from the jump. Yeah. And it was like, okay, he's going to try making moves for next year. And he immediately did, you know, jump out and do that. So the first trade that I think he made was the McCall Harvin, TJ Hawkinson one, right? That was the first trade in our league, yeah. Yep. Besides the one in the draft. And then he kind of followed it up really by the second round. And this is the one I feel like that really saved kind of his – I mean the, the second trade that he made was like the Travis Kelsey one where he um, traded him away to John for a third and a fifth. But then I feel like you definitely saved him in terms of like the value <laughs> he got for this Devontae Freeman trade <laughs> where he got a second round pick for him. Because I was so ready to be like, Brian, you're fucking up this year. You're going to fuck up next year with this trading shit because you're not getting value. But then he finally got it. I was like, fuck, I can't do that. Glad to help, I guess. (laughs) That was a good little party gift for him. him, him, him I'm I'm glad you did that. I mean, it ain't ain't cheap, that's for sure. But uh, It didn't come easy. A starting running back is hard you to find. You had to prize that second-round pick from your Well, no, it, it, was, it, was, it was more like me and him standing outside of North Pole. Um, I was like, you got a moment to talk about Freeman? And he was like, oh, yeah, sorry, I've been 
uh, you know, I, I forgot to respond to your So you text. thought you could get him drunk? And then I, and, like, take, no, I was drunk, and I was like... You wanted him to take advantage of I was of like, you. all right, how about this? Second round pick. Are you just like... Huh? What? No, keep going. <laughs> I was like, how about a second round pick? And he was just on the spot, deal, shake hands. Why would you not be like, how about a fourth round pick? No, I said, well, would you consider a third? And he was like, no. And I was like, fuck. Oh, what the fuck? Drunk, <laughs> drunk Brian drives a hard bargain. I'm drunk Brian after that. scoring like two yeah, straight. Yeah, he was riding fucking high. All right. Um, all right. All right. It was a bit of an overpay. I still think Freeman, like, he's he's all right. He's not like a world beater, but if he gives Yo, he like literally got points, picked up by Aaron Donald and dragged fucking 14 wild. yards. Yeah. Well, you know, it shows that he has some fight in him. He's not ready to give up. Yeah, I mean, he physically had to because he was dangling in midair. He was kicking his legs out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, good job, Brian. You saved yourself. Um, I guess yeah. I mean, the next person we're gonna talk about is me. Like some more, I guess. Um, just a holistic, you know, everything I did this season, which was. Getting Travis Kelsey, Devontae Freeman, a fourth-round pick, and a fifth-round pick for Julio Jones, a second-round pick, and a 13th-round pick. So there are no keepers, potential keepers, involved here. Um, and this is two different trades uh, kind of meshing into one. But if you think about it, uh, flipping Julio Jones for Travis Kelsey and Devontae Freeman seems fair, I think, considering I had a hole for tight end especially, and I had good receivers. Um, so Julio Jones is kind of a luxury and trading a second round pick for a fourth and a fifth might be considered even. I don't know. I mean, look at if you look at the fourth round picks that we had, like the ones I focus on and hope I can get next year are like somewhere in the Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida value. Right. So there are definitely starters going in the fourth round. Um, in the fifth, less so, but maybe, I don't know, I can pick like Lamar Jackson there and just like have a good quarterback. Um, the second round pick definitely hurts. I don't know. Um, but I think overall it's, it's fair considering I was pressed. Um, I'm not trying to tank or anything. I'm still trying to make the playoffs. So I was pressed to like get a tight end real quick. Um, it could be worse. I don't know. Do you guys agree or disagree? Um, I think getting rid of Julio Jones is going to be the biggest kind of factor here. Um, Travis Kelsey's already going to be hurt with Mahomes being out for the next few weeks. I mean, that was, that's not, you can't get the Falcons. The Falcons are hapless. Julio Jones might be playing with Matt Schaub also. Yeah, but I think Julio Jones with Matt Schaub is fine versus, uh, no. Well, tight end safety blanket, I think, is a better, um, forget about that. But then I think the bigger thing, at least with like Devontae Freeman, is especially in the run game, like the Falcons are pretty hapless. Yeah. And they're going to be down a lot. But he's a receiving back. I mean, he's no one's pretending like he's going to – this is all, like, straight, like, PPR. Right. Um, I really think it's a second-round pick. Like, I think kind of valuing that in. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think it's, like it's, – it's close to a push, I guess. I was much more down on the trades maybe in um, vacuums. Yeah. But I guess meshing together, uh, the, the Julio one that you made with John was a pretty good one. Like, you got good value for him. So yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, and I also have to mention Julio doesn't have the best schedule going forward. I mean, neither does Freeman, but um, he has to play Lattimore twice. I keep, I feel like I keep saying that to like make yeah, myself but, feel better. But I think he <laughs> said that about Jalen Ramsey, and then he like skirted past Jalen Ramsey on his way to a touchdown or something. So 
I think there's definitely cornerbacks that can do that, but then there's yeah. certain wide receivers where you're like, I don't give Doesn't a fuck. Even matter. Yeah. So I'm not just saying that because I just traded for Julio Jones in another league, but I'm also saying it because of that. Yeah. All right. Well, we can stay with Julio Jones because we're going to talk about John Oman's moves so far, which was receiving Julio and a 13th, another 13th, and a 14th uh, for Terrell Williams, third round pick, fourth round pick, fifth round pick. So. Yeah, I wonder how he's feeling about that, right? After the the Mahomes trade really makes this opinion of John's trade like switch in my mind. I don't know if it does for you guys. In terms of like like Jimmy stepping up a tier to like be one of his to Yeah, because like my whole thing with John's team was or with any strategy in fantasy football is if you can go all in and set yourself up this year yeah. with like pretty good uh, probability you should do it. Well, he is yeah. exactly what John did because on paper trading a third, fourth, fifth, and Terrell Williams for Julio Jones basically is not good value. It's objectively not. But if it's going to guarantee you like the chance to be in the championship, it is. Yeah. And I thought John had that locked up until once again, like I said, Jim added Patrick Mahomes to his team. Uh, got anything else? Um, yeah, I mean, even even just thinking that, like, it kind of kills him for next year. Like, if it gives you a chance to win this year, there's definitely inherent value in that. You can't, I guess he can't, like, expect Jimmy to make can that you, trade or not. Can you pull but, up, like, Aaron Jones, James <clears throat> Conner, Nick Chubb keeper vows? Because I think they're all, like, so very late. Yeah, so he has... He's not too pressed. I think he could, like, pick and choose value picks. Um, yeah, James Conner was 14th. Aaron Jones, uh, Aaron Jones probably, he's actually not going to be a keeper anymore. But he can but definitely keep Nick Chubb because he's like 8th or ninth round, right? I don't see him on here. Where is he at? Oh, yeah. Nick no, Chubb is going to be a 6th round. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind so of... 4th round. He'll keep him. Definitely for like 1 yeah. or 2 more years. Yeah. Um, so, the thing is, like, I don't think John actually needs Julio Jones. Like, his team... I think he... At the apex, after everyone has their bye, and like, uh-huh. assuming everyone's healthy... The person sitting on his bench, I think, is going to be like Mike Evans, uh-huh. which is like trading away three, four, five for Julio Jones to replace Mike Evans for seems right. very like luxurious. Yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know. He had a strategy where he's basically saying if one of those guys is injured, he wants to just have a plug and play like wide receiver RB one. Yeah, um, I guess fair, but. So yeah, does everyone else, and it's a top-heavy approach. Yeah. It's it's like the air, it's the same strategy as like the Aaron Rodgers in the third. Yeah, like insurance effect effectively. He didn't need it with Rodgers. He might need it with a wide receiver. Okay, fair enough. Um, let's talk about Ant because he also had two trades happening, um, both fairly recent. I think within both the last yeah, week, yeah, both last week. Um, so receiving T. Y. Hill and James White. Third round pick and a fourth round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, and eleventh and the fourteenth. So I have some thoughts on it, but at first I want you to kind of, I guess, defend yourself or whatever. Sure. So I mean, this was definitely me trying to set myself up for next year's draft, just to get a little bit more pick value, while at the same time not really completely tanking. Uh, I just I wanted to get guys that were like somewhat starter quality. Obviously, downgrades from Hopkins and Beckham. But I was I was looking for significant pick value, like yeah. top five pick value. So yeah, looking at this overall, I kind of like it. Um, I'm you know there's always a chance that like 
I don't know, DeAndre Hopkins and it'll go on a tear. But I think, like, they've taken so long to get started this year that I am kind of concerned about them week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know about the Browns at all. I know, like, I think the Texans will figure out what DeAndre Hopkins, but the fact that it's, it's taken them until between, like, week one and week seven, the, the weeks in between, it was kind of like a, you know, good, not great receiver and he had, like, a couple disappointing performances there. Like, I know for sure, because every week I was like, Ants receivers aren't living up to their yeah, value. <laughs> so, for sure. But, like, yeah. T.Y. Hill, like, he was underrated going into the draft. He's mm-hmm. staying underrated. Like, yeah. he's a really good receiver right now. Yeah. Um, I think the yardage and the touchdowns are going to both even out in opposite directions because um, he has, like, a good amount of touchdowns already, but not that much yardage. Yeah. James White, I looked at his stats. He is, like, as consistent as it comes. Yeah. Like, you can pencil him in for 13 points, and that's basically what he does week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a downgrade for sure. I don't think it's a super steep one, mm-hmm. but a, the, that third and the fourth is going to look very nice next year. Yeah. I think you're still in the playoff conversation too, so just, you know, you got to yeah. make the playoffs and then – See what happens then. For sure. Don't fuck it up, man. Third and a fourth round pick. Very yeah. valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you know what you did this year with your third and fourth round picks? <laughs> yeah, there's always like that too. Yeah, like when you look back. Let's see. And... Miles Sanders is third round pick. You need to make that sure. mistake again next year, Ant. Yeah. Because you can give this pick up right now if you think you'll do something like that again. What about the fourth? He picked Matt Breda, but he's also been like hurt. For, yeah. Breda's good. Yeah. It's, not it's okay. Brady's like a typical four-time pick. But at yeah, least you made up for it by taking. At least you made up for it by taking Jared Cook in the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you definitely made up for it by taking Rashad Penny in the sixth. After that. Yeah. Uh, All right, I'll stop. My money. <laughs> my money terrible. It's also like what I've noticed in this league is it's so hard. Like, at least like with my approach of like, let me just get the best player available with like Hopkins at number six. Like, I probably just should have taken the best running back because running backs are so much harder to come by after yeah, you know, it was the first a, two rounds. It was I didn't awesome. realize that. In other, like, redraft leagues, like, because guys like James Conner and Philip Lindsay aren't keepers and Nick Chubb, like, you can get some guy. Like, right. it pushes the, the bulk of the running backs down a little bit. Not in our league. Like, when I had my ranking system up, Miles Sanders was, like, close to the next guy that was valuable in that yeah. round. So yeah, I'm trying to... It's just, like... Running backs are, are tough. It's an onslaught, yeah. I'm tr- I picked up Justice Hill in the seventh round. I saw, like, three articles that were like, this guy is a good, like, guy you should target after the draft. Yeah, the draft. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure this guy's going to get taken in, like, the tenth round in our yeah. draft. So I picked him up in the seventh just because I was like, I need to get, like, someone yeah. here. So there's a lot of, like, yeah. <laughs> He didn't do anything, yeah. but I was like, like Singletary I got picked mad early, yeah. and he should have gotten picked. Yeah. Um, which goes back to what I was saying, like, last week where everyone is just, like, they know about every single player, and there's just, like, no one left to, like, get sneaky value yeah, out of. Yeah. You either get, like, someone at their value or, like, someone who's a huge disappointment. Yeah. Um, we're going to move on to talk about Jimmy's trades. Um, Jimmy received DeAndre Hopkins and fucking Patrick Mahomes. 14th round keeper. 14th round keeper. Um, might he be kept? Who knows? A 11th round pick and a 14th round pick. Sending away T.Y. Hilton, D.J. Chark, another undrafted keeper, uh, Matt Ryan, third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. Uh, so, 
I don't know. I don't want to go first on this. Can't do you, Ant? Do you? It's. I mean, I'll go. I'll go a little bit, then I'll turn it over to Ant. It's the same thing with like John, where my opinion on what trades Jimmy made changed like after the Mahomes trade. Because if you remove that from the equation, it was like I thought trading away T.Y. Hilton and a fourth round pick for DeAndre might have been like a slight overpay, depending on how like T.Y. performed for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, but then him getting Patrick Mahomes. For, once again, I don't think on paper, like E.J. Chark, Matt Ryan, third-round pick, for whatever season Pat Mahomes is going to have this year, and even as a 14th-round keeper, getting, like, the QB1 for, like, the next uh, three to four years, it doesn't look that bad. It looks um, f- bad in terms of, like, Jim is not getting good value out of it. But thinking of where Jim's team is this year and where Pat Mahomes is going to get his team to at the end of this year, and yeah. then how it sets Jim's team up, like, next year with... Pat Mahomes in the fourth, in the eleventh uh, round or fourteenth round, and then getting Devonte Adams, and then still having like Alvin Kamara. I think it really like concentrates his like championship odds for like this period of time. Yeah, which kind of sucks because everyone thinks about their championship odds in the most near future. So basically, what I'm saying is, fuck you, Jimbo. There <laughs> it is. And what are your thoughts on it? Uh, basically, what you said at the end, fuck you, Jimbo. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I, with Patrick Mahomes being a keeper, like, I feel like it's, he, he got a lot. Um, it definitely sets him up well for the future, but he gave up a lot, too. Um, I do think DJ Chark being undrafted carries, you know, obviously more value than um, just, like, some random, like, starting, like, lower-end receiver. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it's maybe as lopsided as other people are making it out to be, but I think it's definitely a little bit lopsided. Yeah. Just I mean, because Mahomes when me and Hove, like, I think me and, when I was railing like, with Hove, like, it was bad. Like, once again, on paper, when I'm looking at like Matt Ryan, the rest of the season, Chark as an undrafted keeper and a third-round pick, <clears> it looks better. It's just like thinking of Jim's team with Pat Mahomes on it. It's just like, I can't For make five it years. Yeah. yeah. Not five. I don't know. Like, what's the highest you would draft Patrick Mahomes? Maybe five. I don't know. When do people draft Mahomes usually? Um, pretty high. Oh, He's like in, in redraft third, leagues? Round yeah. Round, I think. Yeah, I think it's similar to that. It's just the thing with... Um, the, he was taken in the second round in some leagues. So I, was, I didn't understand. But. I was tearing into uh, Jeff after this trade because like, basically I can't believe you gave away Pat Mahomes for five years. To someone like with a great keeper situation, whatever. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, the more time passes from this trade, the more I kind of uh, am not so mad about Pat Mahomes going to Jimmy. Like, it's gonna suck for everyone else for sure. Um, but like, for instance, this year he's third among quarterbacks so far in points per game. So like, there's. Like, if you draft well, you can get, like, a nice quarterback that can perform at the Pat Mahomes level, more or less. You know, like, I don't I don't know if he would go first, if he would have that 50-touchdown season ever again. Uh, and that's kind of what Jeff is banking on. Maybe, but then if you look at his 2018 season, yeah, he was, like, 19% better than the second-best quarterback. Yeah. So I think if you take like expected QB points and yeah. like take twenty percent of that, 
that's like a like a wide receiver like two performance or something. Yeah. And you're getting that player on top of a QB one. Yeah. Um, so I think just like that's a good that's a good handicap to have. I think. Yeah. Never mind. I'm actually I'm, I'm back to because <laughs> considering like that there's the assumption that like Jeff's as the assumption that yeah Mahomes just isn't gonna reach that like MVP season quality and that he's you know you can always find the quarterback better than him later on like. A, you can't, but it's going to be hard as hell to, like, pinpoint someone. Aaron Rodgers had a historic season in 2017. He threw for over 4,400 yards. He threw for 25 touchdowns. He only had two interceptions. Patrick Mahomes, I fucking shit you not, legitimately had more than, like, 160 more points in fantasy than that Aaron Rodgers season. Yeah, and the other assumption is, like, he got back DJ Chark, right? Undrafted, free agent, good value, but... I mean, you can assume just as many things for him that you are about Mahomes. Like, okay, he might be like the next Jimmy Smith for the Jaguars, or he might be like the next one of their mediocre receivers that kind of fades away. Like, you already have Marquise Lee, Keon Cole, Didi Westbrook, Alan Hearns. Like, all these guys come in and have nice seasons. You're like, all right. Alan Robinson had, I mean, he's, I think he's legitimately good. good. He just was injured. But like, all those guys that I just listed off, some of them are still on the team. Right. You know, like they're. I feel like they're like um, they're good at getting receiver talent. They're like Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. quality yeah. and always having like good receivers. It's just they're always. It seems like they're just always going to spread the ball around. And like I don't know, if Chark has shown enough to be like he's the exception to that rule. Yeah. And we'll anyway, that's. I feel like that's more than a fair assumption to make. About I'm going to be tracking the fuck out of this trade the rest of the next few years. The next half sure. decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime Pat Mahomes scores a touchdown, I'm gonna, Jim and Jeff are going to like strike in my mind. Yeah. And I'm going to make like irrational like right, statements. Wait, go up to uh, just let's say uh, overall, Jimmy, um, you see a strategy going yeah. in, uh, going all into. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he came away well overall. Yeah, good luck, Jim. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, and then on the other side, Jeff traded away, obviously, Pat Mahomes and James White. And he received Odell Beckham Jr., DJ Chark, Matt Ryan. Um, we saw what we had to say about Pat Mahomes already. Um, so I don't, I don't know about his strategy because it's kind of – it seems – when you put the two moves together, it seems like a lateral move for this year but kind of something that will – come back to bite him next year yeah because like once again um where jim and john are relative to the league colors my perception of where jeff landed but if you think about setting yourself up for this year you have to like ding yourself a little bit because like what are you setting yourself up against like i'd rather be setting myself in a year where there's parity in the league where like anyone can take it than when jim and john are top heavy it's like okay so for that, Jeff is setting himself up by having Odell Beckham Jr., D.G. Chark, and then he's effectively replacing Pat Mahomes for Matt Ryan. Who Pat, like Matt Ryan legitimately could have like 80 to 85% of the rest of the season that Patrick Mahomes has, and he's yeah. definitely playing like the next few weeks. Yeah. So in terms of like his current season, maybe we can call it a wash. He sent away James... I think, I think actually he, he did get significantly better yeah. for this season. He sent away James White, um, but like Odell and like Chark will make that up. My issue is if you don't think you're going to be making like that impact this year, yeah. it's like, okay, what are you doing? You're setting yourself up for next year, but you kind of have to. If you look at next year, it's really you're getting DJ Chark undrafted or Pat Mahomes as the 11th round keeper. And yeah. that's where my like yeah, ranking of the trade contrast like kind of picks in. 
Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so Moving we want to move rate. on to the, yeah, yeah. One, well, one more owner we wanted yeah. to talk about was you, Kant, um, who we have the big trade that was one of the more recent ones where you received Julian Elliman, DK Metcalf, who is listed as a ninth round keeper, um, who was drafted in the ninth round, so he's going to be six round keeper next year. Yeah. Fifth round pick, a ninth round pick for Juju, who was picked in the 11th, uh, eighth round pick, and a 13th round pick. So, what's your uh, what's your thinking here? Um, Take us through it. I mean, I, I kind of explained it with what I was saying about like yeah. Jeff's strategy, but it's like if you're setting up yourself for, for this year, that's fine, but it can't be at the expense of like risking your future potential. So when it came to like trading away Juju, just based on what was happening with the Steelers, I knew I needed some kind of like future value to it, and that's why like I think Metcalf and the fifth round pick ended up like being warranted. Um, so at the end of the day, I'm happy. Like I think Julian Edelman will be a startable wide receiver. So kind of, you know, being able to have him, having DJ Moore, having um, Marvin Jones, like just crossing my fingers, hoping that one of these other guys' receivers are hurt and I can take advantage of like a sweet matchup. And then with like my running back stable, my other like positions in good form, I can like miraculously like sweep something by. Yeah. Um, But if I'm not able to do that, I need to have surety for next year. And that's kind of all this um, strategy was about. And are you buying it? Was that a convincing uh, pitch? You I, Would I, you I, vote I, for me? I, I don't know how I feel about DK Metcalf as much. Um, right. But if, if, you, if you're high on him, I, I think... I think he might be a cross between Calvin Johnson and Debo Samuel. <laughs> He's good at Madden. You put him on Debo Samuel. 95% Debo Samuel. The one thing I'll say about Metcalf is I remember hearing like during like the whole um, with the uh, draft. Yeah, like during the draft and like the combine that like his strength numbers were obviously like unparalleled for a receiver. But right. when it came to everything else, like like the not forty time, but like the cone drills and all everything for like lateral quickness. He was like very low. Yeah, he could basically just run straight. Run straight. Yeah, he had very good straight speed and strength, but nothing. So I, I just, I had a feeling that that was going to hurt him in the NFL a lot because that's where that comes into play more than like in college, playing against much more athletic corners where you really have need that quickness to get separation. But so I mean, we'll see where where he goes. Hopefully, hopefully, can't spend some skill points on his. Oh, no, on, his, on his route running tree, yeah. gonna get, yeah. I'm going to turn him into a technician running uh, wide receiver. So you definitely got you know better with the picks next yeah. year. You also got better with the players. I feel like. Yeah, I feel so, better this year. Like Julian Edelman for this year. Yeah, like the, you, get, you got two Juju eighth round pick. Um, next year is nice. DK Metcalf sixth round pick next year could also turn out to be nice. I think the difference between those things being a Julian Edelman now who's having like I think a very underrated yeah. nice ass little season for yeah. himself uh, plug and play starter I think that might go above that difference there yeah. um, and I also value like well, I also think like the more you look ahead, the more potential there is for chaos. Exactly. So, it's like, who knows? Like, the Patriots like, might need yeah. Julian Edelman to be, like, Julian Edelman. They definitely don't need him to be that so, right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're definitely more ready to talk about, like, tomorrow than, like, three years from now when, yeah. you know, uh, hopefully Shane still has Juju on his team. But, I yeah, I'm, I would 
in general say that like you know um i don't fucking know well, I just want to say, just like, like the, the future, it worked. It worked. Like trades are happening. This is fucking. There's reckless. so much chaos. Yeah, we're gonna see the fruits of our labor are gonna be apparent at the draft next year when the board is just a fucking Rorschach test. It's oh, just yeah. gonna be all over the map. There's there's a third way of looking at this. Um, I wanted to do, didn't have enough time. Like if you if you have fantasy pros and go on like the the power rankings for the league or like the projected finishes uh-huh. and compare that to what we have in the draft board uh-huh. to see like who sold out the most for like a minimal amount of going up and down the power rankings. That's like a, I think also an interesting oh, way to look really at good, it. Yeah. Maybe like next week when the dust settles, um, we can do that as well. If people want, I don't know. Well, hope podcasting tip over promise under deliver. <laughs> so guys, you didn't hear that. Be surprised next week. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I just want to wrap that up by saying like by no real like technical means, but just organically, we ended up having a lot more trades. It's been a lot more exciting. Um, I'm really looking forward to people being salty and I'm really looking forward to someone being like, holy fuck, like I can't believe uh, Singletary is putting me this uh, fantasy football league. So all right, we'll talk about some notes from around the NFL next and talk wrap it up with a forecast uh, next week. Welcome back, everyone. As I promised at the very beginning of this podcast, we have a very special guest for you guys to deliver his rant of the week. So without further ado, I want to welcome Steve Foles. How are you, man? Good. What's going on, brother? How are you? Uh, I'm good. Very glad to have you be our surprise, surprise guest on the pod so that you could um, – deliver your your rantings to the to the rest of your league mates so i wanted to not take any spotlight away from you i wanted to give all of it to you to go ahead and uh, talk your shit so go right ahead well thanks man um so what can i say uh this is not my most proud season uh easily it is the worst season i've had uh i went like historically from being at the top of all you fools to being way at the bottom and staring up at all of you. Uh, so it knocked me down a little bit. It humbled me a little bit. Um, but what can I say? Fucking, I am riding this DJ train for <laughs> as long as possible for some reason. Uh, I've been fucking DJing all my life. So like DJ <laughs> could be my boy, but he's fucking me. Uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfoltz, uh, <laughs> also fucking destroying me. Uh, I have, I've been on the Browns bandwagon for the last like five years. They get my favorite college quarterback of all time. I'm going to ride Baker Mayfoltz into the ground. I'm going to keep him next year. I don't even care. The Browns will eventually uh, <laughs> turn it around. They'll eventually turn around. My Super Bowl 20 to one ticket is still going to be good this year. Uh, if not, we'll just put all the money on it again. Uh, my boy Joe Mixon is also fucking killing me. So my whole team is just killing me. Both of my running backs are killing me. I never draft a tight end in any league for for whatever reason. I can't get that through my head. Uh, <laughs> and I'm wasting my favorite rookie, Josh Jacobs, who's just dying on my team. You guys all text me about trades. Do you want this? Do you want that? (laughs) Make me a fucking offer. Don't say, are you interested? Make me an offer. We'll get straight to business so I can stock up and come back on you bitches next year. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that, that's it. <laughs> I definitely agree with a lot of what you said. Um, some bad luck, some of this, some of that, but Hey, you're, you're sticking to your guns and, and that's what we like to see. So thank you very much for uh, calling in. I didn't want to waste any more of your time. Any last parting words, anything about the pod, whatever. Uh, fuck you Edelman and love the rest of you. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Con. All right, welcome back. Now it's time for our most fun and famous segments of the Fantasy Keeper League pod. Much loved. Much wow. loved. Much aligned. Cult following in, in, in the Amish country, but we'll talk about that later. So it's notes from around the NFL, or as we so lovingly call them, NFL storylines. So I'm tired of having this being like a fringe uh, word scramble of or like a Donald Trump tweet of like random NFL fucking stories happening. I wanted to have segments. I wanted to name them. I wanted to give them some kind of prominence. So the first segment is going to be around any major injuries that happen in the league that are going to be league defining, league shaping. And in this case, we're calling it hurt or injured. That is trademarked strictly by this podcast and has never been used before in any kind of famous <laughs> podcast about fantasy football. Patrick Mahomes going down because Andy Reid thought it was a good idea to QB sneak his already injured quarterback what do you guys think that's going to have in terms of the shape of the league and more importantly and is he hurt or injured uh i mean i think he's injured oh is he hurt or injured his pride is hurt i think but more injured yeah and what do you guys think that does for the chiefs this year so well i i actually have a question do you guys think it was a good decision oh to, to get hurt you, no, <laughs> i definitely like to get QB injured sneak. the qb sneak yeah. no of course not oh why well we obviously disagree. Yeah. Um, it's a freak thing. I mean, it's just That's a sneak. It's not because the analytics shows that, like, it's actually one of the safest plays for a QB. Yeah. Like, you just fall on, like, a fat lineman yeah. in front of you. Uh, yeah, I guess. And he hurt something. He injured something else that was, like, not what he went into. Yeah, the game. yeah. exactly. That's why I, I don't disagree with I think there's a certain risk that, that however minuscule, if you, if you can, like, avoid them, unless it's absolutely necessary, unless it's, like, the fourth, like... Well, yeah. it's football. Yeah. Every play has a percentage of injury attached to it. Yeah. But, like, when was the last time you've ever talked about a quarterback sneak injury? Like, never. Yeah. It was a freak one-time like, thing. Honestly, like, Brady has done so many his whole career. Yeah. And, like, no, I feel like I would have done it. I'm just saying, like, looking back at it, if there's just more, like, important times to do that than yeah. I would have the game. All right. Next, I want to talk about some of the high performers of the week. Well, you, um, we didn't say that. We're gonna, it's going to affect the Chiefs. Oh, I was going to the, the Chiefs. That, they were my number one team in the AFC last week. Yeah. But uh, obviously not anymore because they're going to be with um, who, Matt, Moore. Matt Moore for five, three, three to five weeks. So maybe um, – because I was actually struggling for, like, getting hot take this week. I, like, really don't have one. But, like, that kind of, like, prompted something. Is your hot take that Matt Moore is it, as good as Pat Mahomes? No, no, no. My, <laughs> hot, my hot take is as a team this isn't going to affect them, like, any percentage bit oh, okay. in terms of, like, record. Like, well, I, I disagree with because I, if you look at Andy Reid's history with backup quarterbacks, it's oh, actually, like, yes, it's yeah. actually it's, it's ridiculously incredible. Yeah, Between Jeff like, Garcia, AJ Feely, Cleet Detmer, AJ Feely. Like, Wait, Nick just, Foles, twenty-seven-two was the backup. Yeah, Andy well, Reid's Andy Reid's quarterback mm-hmm. preparation is fucking unmatched. It's, it's Him and like Sean Payne are like yeah. one and one. Yeah. Like he's not gonna like throw the deep ball to Tyree Kill like Mahomes can, but. I think no, he's going to be able to move the like, offense and, like, be if there's, like, if there's anyone to com- RPOs, yeah. 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 If there's anyone to completely revamp an offense, because yeah. 
the offense will look different, but I think yeah. in terms of it's like a success rate, like they're not going to put up as many points, but I think they're right. going to win the games they need to win. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to affect them in that way. Okay. Good, good uh, lukewarm take there. Yes. I guess. I like good that. Stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Not too um, Next, I just wanted to call out some of the high performers of the NFL, which kind of trans- translated into fantasy. So just to kind of bring everyone uh, it's like a recurring segment, so we like kind of keep track of this. We had Aaron Rodgers go for 62.7 in our league. Marvin Jones went for 43. That's never happening again. Matt Stafford went for 40. Great pick by me. Kirk Cousins, 38. Um, good job, Jeff. Jacoby Brissett, 36. Chase Edmonds, 36. Latavius Murray, 33. Darren Waller, 32. Zach Pascal, 31. What a random... That the only reason I wanted to bring that segment up. Yeah, if you, no one would have thought those players would have scored those. That's goals. that's fantasy football for well, you. Look at the percentage owned of Zach Pascal. One percent of people think yeah, about that's that. That's about to be that's me. Wild. Got thirty-one I'm about people. To that. Who's gonna bet hundred dollars on Zach Pascal? We're about to find out. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> if you have over eight dollars, that means yeah. you can get him over me. Because that's all I have. Um, all right, so next segment, I just want you guys to pick the best three teams out of the next five because these are all pivotal wins that just happened in the most recent league. So for that, we have the Ravens, uh, who beat the Seahawks, the Colts, who beat the Texans, the Saints, who beat the Bears, the Packers, who beat the Lions. No, yes. the Raiders. No, yes. Yeah, the Raiders. And the Vikings. Vikings, who beat the Lions. Yes. Um, so all these teams won, but and who are your one, two, and three of those teams? Do you want me to do one through five or just one? Two, one, two, three. three. I don't care about the rest of the <laughs> time. Um, I'm going to go Saints, Packers, Colts. And one, uh, two, three. What about, what about you? Um, Saints, Packers, Colts. I, I love the Colts. I don't know if I love them more than the Saints. Saints, Colts, Ravens. Fuck the Packers. Overrated. They stole like two games. Fuck the Vikings. Kirk Cousins is a choker. Yeah, I think we're not giving the Packers enough credit because Aaron Rodgers has been pretty ass up until this point. Yeah. And if we've only ever seen him with a mis-organized um, and constructed team and he finally has one that isn't, and he's like able to just be himself later yeah, in the it's season. It's the Raiders. Yeah. It's the Raiders. All right, we're about to find out. Um, moving on from... I mean, he's just, good. Just, you know, hold your horses. Ah, it's Aaron Rodgers. I think he's <laughs> that's what the horses are warranted to be free. Um, <laughs> but yeah, can we uh, end this with talking about that game the Redskins and 49ers had, which Man, ended in a 9 0 game? Sack. The slip and slide missed tackle. Yeah. How many takes uh, on Twitter do you think were generated? Like, this is this, real is, this is the way the game was meant to oh, be. Yeah. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick wouldn't kneel in this kind of, in this kind of weather because he would get his britches dirty with all the mud on the floor. Yeah, he won't get his Nikes clean or dirty. We need to run analytics on Twitter between the age of Twitter user, users versus, like, this is real football. Is, yeah. <laughs> well, the only thing I have to say is that it's a shame that our, the Eagles-Cowboys game wasn't at home because yeah. we would have had a similar thing. Oh, yeah. And that would have been a great neutralizer for our shitty-ass corners. For sure. Yeah, um, that's the main thing, really. I was just jealous. <laughs> um, all right, so that was notes from around the league. As you guys saw, those were kind of some name segments. Um, you've already heard from your very own Stephen Foles, so that's an amazing surprise that the, all of you received. So next up, we're going to turn it over to Hope to talk about the Week 8 forecast. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh Let's start off with the matchup that we're looking forward to the most. 
Or actually, no, fuck that. Let's skip to the matchup <laughs> that has our guests in it, which is 4-3 and three Ant in 6th place versus 3-4 and four John Paulino in 8th place. Um, also, by the way, this Tuesday, I don't think most of you, if any of you, have your lineup set, so I'm just going with, like, who we slash fantasy pros assumes you're starting or, like, recommends you're starting, and then, like, agree or disagree with that, but probably mostly agree. Um, yeah, for the sake of... Yeah, for the sake of my agree. fucking sanity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, Ant versus John Paulino. And you have the advantage in quarterback and Jared Goff going against Cincinnati, who is dog shit defense, versus... Uh, I guess maybe Drew, Drew Brees, Brees going for, to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm calling it the question. This fantasy froze algorithm. <laughs> well, no, John, John Poyno's only other quarterback is Cam Newton, who's not playing. So he, I think he's most likely going to pick up a quarterback. But whoever it's going to be, I'm not going to rank above well, Jared Goff going against right. Cincinnati. So. Oh wait, my bad. I thought Drew Brees was playing this week. I thought he was. No, he's questionable. But I, I think, think they're so gonna. Yeah. I think they're going to let him rest because they have the bye. Oh, right, right, right. Maybe come back after the bye. That's fair. Um, advantage and quarterbacks. Running backs, we have James White and Matt Breida uh, versus Derrick Henry and Philip Lindsay. Um, and I think your running back situation is improving by the week. Um, I do have to agree with Fancy Pros and give the advantage to Paulino here. Um, Derrick Henry going up against what I – feel like is a bad Buccaneers defense well you can you can definitely bring this up on the next pod based on what happens but I think the running back his team is going to go to Ant because Derrick Henry the team they're going to go they're going to get behind and it's not going to be one of those games where like Derrick Henry's going to end up like running as much as yeah the way like Tampa Bay's defense plays and then the Colts are going to take Philip Lindsay and fucking like fold him into a chair yeah well Tampa Bay's like pass defense is so bad that I mean, Tennessee They're might just go into the game it. wanting to... Yeah, but it's Tennessee, though. I don't know. If there's one team to, like, well, stubbornly stick to the run. Is Tennessee starting Tannehill now? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we didn't discuss that, but that's actually yeah, that's a good. lot better than kind of what's, what fucking Marcus Mariota was I would not be surprised then. if, like, after we record this, we look on our phone and realize that Marcus Mariota was traded as we were talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I guess I give it to, uh, I give it to Ant. Or, sorry, I give it to John. Um, and do you think your running backs uh, match I mean, up? I, I'm still thinking about, like, my lineup isn't fully set. Like, I'm still thinking about Chase Edmonds. Like, oh, I Chase guess I don't know the health status. Assuming. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that he's going against New Orleans, that who are ridiculously good yeah, against the run. that's definitely my So that might be a bench yeah. spot anyway. I mean, like, I'm looking at the expert consensus ranking. I feel like, yeah, Edmonds is considered the so. starter with that number 23. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not playing the Giants again, that's for exactly. sure. <laughs> so that's, yeah, um, i definitely give him the running back edge. This is a nice, juicy wide receiver matchup. Yeah. Tyler Lockett and T.Y. Hilton versus Michael Thomas and Cooper Cup. So, it's close, uh, Michael Thomas has, I think, 70 targets so far and, like, 62 catches or something like that. He's probably getting, like, nine catches a game um, going up against Arizona's defense. Um, going up against Patrick Peterson, actually. Uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. He's ranked as the number two overall receiver. Um, I I think he's going to get his no matter what. Yeah. Cooper Cup's been having a low 
couple weeks, at least relative to what how he's been playing. Yeah. Um, but against again, like playing against Cincinnati, I think you got to throw him in there as a top five option. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tyler Lockett, T.Y. Hilton, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, Denver might not have a defense anymore after yeah. they trade anyone, everyone uh, before the deadline. And Tyler Lockett probably will do something against Atlanta's defense, which is one of the worst. Um, so it's a toss-up, honestly. I feel like yeah, all like blowout potential. So yeah. I'm almost afraid if like they get out to too big of a lead and like the wide receiver twos on those respective teams are the ones that get the early touchdowns if nobody else sees targets in yeah. these games. Yeah. Happens. Yeah, uh, Gerald Everett as a tight end for Ant versus good pick. George Kittle. Yeah. I keep saying I said Greg again. Greg Kittle. It's Greg Kittle. It's not George Kittle. What are you talking about? Greg Kittle just sounds like realer, like a realer person than George Kittle. I don't know why. I can't explain it. It just does. Anyway, George Kittle is a paper salesman in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Greg Kittle plays for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. George Kittle is a. Is the uh, yeah the pretty clear winner here? Um, Gerald Everett going as the Bengals, so pretty pretty good. Uh, uh, just for this entire game, I'm just calling takes. And once again, I think Everett's going to outscore Kittle in this game because the um, Carolina defense is good and the <clears throat> Cincinnati Bengals is not. Carolina defense, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if they're good against the tight end specifically or not, though. It's all right. Um, they got my man, Luke Kuechly, just shutting tight ends down. And then the uh, the flex we have projected, Jamison Crowder. I don't know if that's actually going to be your flex. Yeah, I'm like probably between him and Evans, I guess. Yeah, versus LaShawn McCoy, I think is the most realistic option here. Uh, man, I hate the running back situation in Kansas City so yeah. much. I was pretty high on being just the way Andy Reid, like the way he produces fantasy running backs, I thought he would be the one. To, to yeah, it's a shit show, man. But yeah, I mean, I can't in good conscience give it. Like McCoy's been good, but he's getting like nine touches a game. It's not enough. Yeah. Um, although that might change with Matt Moore. Who knows? <clears throat> and yeah, who knows about this matchup? This looks like really dead even. But I think like as long as John picks up a defense and a kicker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming he does that. Um, John. But yeah, I, mean, I think it's going to be like the difference between like Jared Goff and like whoever the best yeah. free agent quarterback is out there. I don't even know who that is right now. Gardner Minshew, maybe. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, since you're here in the stew, I'm going to give the win to you. Uh, yeah, until John Paulino gets his ass over here on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, he won his dinner, so I think he's taking it easy yeah, the rest of the way. Pretend and happy. Um, so yeah, this is moving on to the. The matchup of the week. It's gonna be five and two Jimmy in third place versus six and one Mishi. How about that? Six and one Mishi in second place. And uh it's gonna be no quarterback for Jimmy versus Deshaun Watson, the number one ranked quarterback for for Mishi. Um so again, uh Jimmy's quarterbacks. Jimmy's quarterback is Pat Mahomes. He doesn't have another quarterback. It's whoever he picks up is not going to be as good as Deshaun Watson. So, advantage Mishi there. Uh, this is a, a pretty interesting running back matchup: Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray versus Christian McCaffrey and Sony Michelle. Um, 
as much as I love McCaffrey, is going up against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Sony Michelle, I don't really trust at all. So I would give the advantage to Jimmy here. Um, if Latavius Murray plays, then yeah, I think he has he has a good game. If Alvin Kamara comes back, then he's going to be uh, projected to be even better, probably. So advantage to Jimmy. Uh, wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen going up against Stephon Diggs and Terry McLaurin. Um, possibly Jarvis Landry instead of Terry McLaurin, but I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think that's a pretty, pretty clear advantage to Jimmy. Um, Keenan Allen has been pretty disappointing. I don't know how much you can expect that from him going forward, though. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is ranked number one versus Oakland, although him going off might help Mishi, considering he has his quarterback. So that might be something interesting to look forward to. Um, I really don't know who to root for in this matchup. I really want both of these motherfuckers to lose. <laughs> well, for me, I think I'm rooting for Jimmy because I want as many people as far away from that middle, like 4 3, 3 and 4 as possible, so that I can sneak up. Um, and pass people, but that's just me. Um, Dawson Knox for Jimmy versus Greg Olson for Mishi. I don't know. I mean, Greg Olson's ranked higher, but he's going up against San Francisco versus Dawson Knox versus Philly. I feel like we're just bad on defense, so I would give the edge to Dawson Knox, actually. Uh, Do you guys have any strong opinions about that or not? Uh, I mean... No, I'm trying to think, like, how have tight ends specifically done against Philly? Because, like, receivers obviously torch us, but I, I feel like tight ends, it's been pretty... True. Yeah, we're so bad against receivers that might they not be worth it. They don't even think of passing it to the tight end against yeah. the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess Greg Olson, just because of name value, I think, and he generally seems like he's a part of that offense more often than not. Yeah, um, wasn't Greg Olson just announcing a game this weekend? No. <laughs> <laughs> He was. was he? Yeah, he was like in the booth for a game this week. What the oh, hell? Wow. All right. Well, yeah. I like saw him on TV. I'm like, isn't he still playing? Talk, talk <laughs> about <laughs> tight end privilege. Yeah, Jason Witten. Yeah, Kenny Galladay in the flex versus D.D. Westbrook. Um, as safe as D.D. Westbrook is, apparently, I would give the edge to Kenny Galladay. I think I would give the edge to Kenny Galladay, um, even if Mishi replaced D.D. with. Literally anyone um, on his team. Well, Jarvis Landry, I think, is the only other serviceable option. So, yeah, I think even though uh, Mishi has the obvious quarterback advantage, I think the rest of the positions, basically besides tight end, and that one's close, um, I would give to Jimmy. So I think he takes this, and they both end up being 6-2 and two this time next week. And we're going to move on to... Three and four Ilya in seventh place versus four and three Kant in fourth place. So let's see. Kyler Murray going up against New Orleans in New Orleans versus Matt Stafford. I'm assuming it's Matt Stafford at this point, right? Not Jameis Winston. Uh, yeah, so the whole reason I dr- people will mul- much malign my decision making, but I was trying to look at Jameis Winston's rest of season games and this um, few that he's going and Stafford was the insurance policy basically for me to see how Winston's about to perform so I can like make a decision on him 
So that's really all that was to it. So I can still drop him if I feel like it, but mm -hmm. if he like blows up, then I can have him as like my. Uh, we'll cut that in first, <laughs> and those was the main reason why I decided to make that. Yeah, um, Kyler Murray's been good, uh, but New Orleans is <clears throat> going to New Orleans is not easy for anyone, let alone a rookie. I'm, I'm actually, I have the same QB situation as uh, if this is Elliot, right? Lamar. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, in another league, I have Lamar and Kyler Murray, so I have to start him this week as well. I don't know how I feel about that in New Orleans. Yeah. Well, yeah, assuming uh, Ilya doesn't make any more moves, I'm going to give the edge to Matt Stafford going up against the Giants. Um, running backs, Saquon Barkley and Royce Freeman versus Chris Carson and David Montgomery. This is a... Yeah, this is... This is... I would give the edge to Ilya here. Um, I thought it was... I think it's kind of close uh, considering David Montgomery gets like one carry at least in the first half. Uh, which is something he did not do last week. Um, their coach, Matt Nagy, came out and said, I'm not stupid. I know I have to run the ball more. Um, so we'll see if he actually is stupid or not this week. Um, Saquon Barkley coming back is going to be huge for Ilya, obviously. And Royce Freeman, I think he's been playing better than Lindsey last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, edge to Ilya here. Uh, moving on to the receivers, Chris Godwin and Brandon Cooks versus Julian Edelman and Larry Fitzgerald. Um, once again, I'm going to have to give the edge to Ilya because Chris Godwin's amazing. Um, and Brandon Cooks going against Cincinnati. Pretty high chance of blowing up here. Um, Larry Fitzgerald going against New Orleans again. Like, it's going to be super tough. Um and Julian Edelman is going to have a solid week, but obviously shaping, going up against Chris Godwin, it's pretty clear who you're going to pick over that. So I'm going to give the SJW here unless you have any uh, arguments with that in the receiver section. No. Um, the whole reason I was just not, like, not speaking, because in another league, um, I got a trade offer, but the guy like flipped the pick. So instead of me getting like the high pick, I actually sent it away. Damn. Um, so that's why I can um, kind of talk about it. But basically, um, I think with the situation he's having with Kyler Murray and then kind of the rest of it, I am going to give myself the, the advantage okay. and just hope that David Montgomery can fucking finally get his season back on track with the Chargers. Yeah. But the, uh, I think you have the, a great edge of tight end, Darren Waller versus Zach Ertz. Which is crazy we're saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. But yeah, Zach Ertz is trending down. Darren Waller is trending way the hell up. Um, yeah, edge to Kant here. In the flex, we have Tyler Boyd for uh, for Ilya versus Marvin Jones. <laughs> for Kant, I don't know if he's going to go for four touchdowns. Maybe two this week. Uh, but this is like, I don't know, Tyler Boyd and Marvin Jones, I feel like they're the same exact player, basically. Like, they both played for the Bengals. But one is about to cut through the Swiss cheese secondary of the New York Giants. Yeah. True. Yeah, Raiders got Ramsey. I don't know. This is a, a toss-up. But then... Is Tyler um, Boyd their number one? Since for now. For now. Yeah. Like, no, it's actually... Do you think, like, Ramsey's going to be the one... Who's the guy that just scored a bunch of points from Equestrian Auden or something? Tate? Auden 
talking to you. No, there's like another guy with like a yeah. much longer name. Zach Erickson. Erickson, yeah. Is he? A, I thought he was a running back. I actually have not. He scored like a lot of points for them. Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I don't think we're ever gonna mention. What did you say? Zach Erickson's name ever yeah, again? No. <laughs> um. Anyway, this has been like pretty close up to the point where I mentioned the Patriots defense go, going up against the turnover machine that is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so expecting another 30-burger from the Patriots <laughs> at this point um, gives me no choice but to give Kant the win here. Um, so, yeah, that's where I stand. Thank you very much, Hope. As much as I hate to say. I, don't, I hate talking about like defenses. In this. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe we're at that point where I have to mention them every week. Um, moving on, we're going to talk about John Ellman, 6-1, first place. The rich versus, get richer. Versus Steve Foltz, 1-6, 12th place. Um, and, I mean, <laughs> we're looking at the Fancy Pros thing. All the checks are on uh, John's Christ. side. I'm trying to look at something where, like, there's potential for an upset. I don't know. I we mean, we don't really talk about this. We put ourselves in misery if we don't want to. Yeah, I running backs. Well, first of all, quarterback edge to John. Running backs edge to John. Damn, going through this kind of makes me think about like how far Steve Fultz's teams have fallen. He was he was like second place every year for like a span of like three or four years at some point, and then something changed. And I don't know exactly what, but he's just kind of fallen off year by year. And you hate to see it. You hate but, to uh, see it. Yeah, I mean, this is a 6-1 and team going up against a 1-6 team. I don't see anywhere where <laughs> Fultz has an advantage, so I'm just going to give the, the edge to John. Uh, going 7-1 and and staying first place. Uh, I'm going to talk about my matchup uh, versus Jeff. I'm three and four and in ninth place, and Jeff is four and three in fifth place. And I think Yahoo gives the edge to uh, Jeff, but Fantasy Pros gives us a different view because I, <laughs> it's giving me the edge in all matchups versus except for uh, the second running back slot, which is Todd Gurley versus Devontae Freeman, which I don't disagree with. But um, Josh Allen going up against the Eagles, I fully expect him to like tear us up at this point. Um, Matt Ryan, not sure if he's playing, but I think yeah, I think it's going to be Kirk Cousins. Who actually that's a that's a toss up because Kirk Cousins is going up against Washington. Yeah. Who I think he's going to fucking burn. Them. I don't. Do you guys buy into revenge game narratives? No, but he seems like a guy that's motivated by. Trash talk. Yeah. <laughs> With the Eagles. You like so, that. Yeah, maybe maybe He's about to get his another linebacker fired. Yeah. Let's get it I think it's I think it's a toss up for quarterbacks. Running backs, Leonard Fournette, Devontae Freeman versus Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. Uh Le'Veon Bell still has the capacity to do some damage. Um he's not playing the Patriots anymore. But I think I would give myself the edge here based on like general trend line like Leonard Fournette doing well and Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette doing well and Le'Veon Bell in a kind of bad situation in New York um Tyreek Hill and John Brown the first chance I have at starting him versus DJ Chark and Odell Beckham uh this one is close 
like fancy pros has given me the edge, but I think I'd actually give the edge to Jeff here. I don't know what to expect from Tyreek. I think he's going to get involved one way or another, but I don't know. Like I, I want to see him like play a full game with Matt Moore to say anything about it. Um, Odell Beckham, DJ Chark, like both good performers this year. Been playing tough defenses though. Uh, Jets in New England. True, true. Uh, John Brown's actually been like super consistent this year. Also, yeah, he's going yeah. against the Eagles. Um, <clears throat> so unless you guys have any any arguments with it, I'm giving myself the edge of receiver. Yeah, and then um, Travis Kelsey versus Evan Ingram. Again, like I, I, I'm anxious to see like how Travis Kelsey does with Matt Moore. Um, I, I guess it's going to be a shootout with Green Bay either way. So both Hill and Kelsey, I think, are going to get looks. And then Evan Ingram on the, the Giants. Um, I don't know. Like I think Travis Kelsey has the edge, but Evan Ingram has been very good up to the point of like last week when we went up to 1.6. We're about to find out which tight end you want for us to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm very sure that like Evan Ingram is going to be like, oh, what, you didn't want me? And kind of like show. Am me I up. worse? Am I one point six? You don't deserve me. Am I twenty two point? Yeah. Um, I, I I think it's a toss up the tight end, uh, and then we have Tevin Coleman uh, versus Alshon Jeffrey in the flex. Uh, I would give that to Coleman. Um, I guess I should also mention that I have the Pittsburgh Steelers D going up against Miami, which um, I'm hoping gives me a nice chunk of pointage there. So, all in all, I think I have enough to take this victory. I'm giving it to Jeff. I'm yeah. just going to see DJ Chark blow up and end up leading his team. That's fair. Yeah, it's close. It's closer than, like, Fantasy Pro says, because yeah. all these checks are going to me, but it's not, like... Yeah. All the rankings. It's not a runaway. They're, like, within, yeah, distance. Um, next, we're going to talk about Shane, who's 2-5 and five in 10th place, versus Brian, 1-6 and six in 12th place. Damn, do we have? Yeah, okay, here it is. Uh, let's see. Tom Brady versus Jacoby Brissett. The mentor versus the mentee. Um, I don't know, who do you... I think Jacoby Brissett's being ranked too low, too low here. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have a better season uh, game than Tom Brady. Yeah. At worst, against Denver. Yeah. yeah. Again, Denver might not have a defense on the field at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Um, running backs, Marlon Mack, Melvin Gordon versus Adrian Peterson, Tariq Cohen. Adrian Peterson, I think, is not going to play, actually. So it might end Alexander up... Alexander Madison time, baby. Let's get it. Yeah, Madison, I mean, going up against Washington might have some damage, but, like, obviously. Yeah. Marlon Mack, Melvin Gordon, both star running backs. Melvin Gordon sucks so far, but he's getting 73% of the touches in that running back situation. So he's getting volume. Um, the Bears' defense without Akeem Hicks are a completely different story uh, last couple weeks. So they're in a very vulnerable spot right now. So for sure, um, I would give the edge to Shane here. And then Juju Smith-Schuster and Auden Tate at receiver for Shane going up against Robert Woods and Calvin Ridley. Uh, close. Close. I think... I think this is a get-right game for Juju going up against Miami. I would have him ranked higher than what Fantasy Pros has. Um, 
I also would have Auden Tate higher than 41. I think he's been pretty good last couple of weeks, so I'm not exactly sure. Um, Calvin really might be playing with Matt Schaub versus hey, Seattle. That's not receiver. a that's not a good <laughs> that's not gonna be good. But Robert Woods in Cincinnati is good. I don't know. I don't really know what to say about this matchup. It's I close. give it the shade. Yeah. He has starters on his team. Brian has Adrian Peterson, Terry Cohen, Robert Woods. Well, no, I'm just talking about like the receivers in general. Oh, just the receivers? Yeah. Um, I still give it to Shane, just based on Alvin Tate and um, Juju Smith-Schuster being, like, once again, wide receiver ones on their team. Yeah. Whereas Woods and Ridley are just not. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think uh, Shane is <clears throat> going to start Mark Walden because I don't think the rest of his bench is playable. Hey, Kenyon Drake might be traded by that game, so he might be able to. Yeah. And uh, going up against me, Cole Hartman. Versus Green Bay. I don't know. Fuck it. Mark Walton gets the edge there. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. And uh, TJ Hawkinson versus Jimmy Graham. That's close. Um, yeah, that's they're awesome. so volatile, though. It's just really hard to predict. Right, do you guys want to give this to either one? Shane, I mean, you said Shane. Shane. I'm thinking Shane. You're thinking Shane. I'm thinking Brian. Because let's get spicy. Let's have some differing opinions in here. Jacoby Brissett, I think like he did last week, is going to carry yeah. Brian's team. Embrace debate. I like it. Embrace it, yeah. Alexander Manson's going to get some cheap, like, fourth quarter touchdown. I just sense it. I think he's going to be in the lineup. Yeah. And, yeah, that is, I believe, our recap. So, if, if there's one more segment left. Yes. And I don't know what it is. Oh, no. As always, we want to make sure our guest leaves by answering a jigsaw of the week. All so, right. Anthony, are you ready? Are you prepared to answer this question? Prepared as I'll ever be. Great. I hope that MIS degree comes into, yeah. into use finally. <laughs> Would you rather, for the rest of your life, only be allowed to wear pants or shorts? Shorts. For the rest of your life? The rest of my life, shorts. So even in, like, business... Meetings you ha- would have to if it's, f- figure out a so, way to wear all right, so the question would be like, is it just like, is it acceptable? No, in the, no, it's not acceptable. No, you show up to a wedding. Yeah, you show up to a wedding in shorts. They're like, what the hell, man? Why are you wearing right. shorts? You're the best man. Why are you wearing yeah, shorts? You just right. can't be like it's. Yeah. I think it's just 100 percent based on that. Like if 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 it became yeah. like, but then if you go to the beach, you have to wear pants. Yeah. Like if yeah. you want to go swim in the water, you wear. I probably if I went to the beach and I had to wear pants, like. Doesn't matter what kind of pants. They just have. To, does it have to be like waist to ankle? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'd probably just wear like compression pants. You can go to a nude beach. Mm. Yeah, or you'd have to go to a nude beach. Or a nude beach. No, I'd probably do compression. Pants. Wait, what if yeah, you had to wear pants like like like, like Under Armour like compression pants at like like uh, like you yeah. Wait, like let's, the pants let's, that they wear to like this, this moisture wicking like you like, like, like you just take your kids to the theme park for the first time and your daughter's like. <laughs> Daddy, why don't you take your pants off? The other kids are making fun of me, and you're like, "Wait, no, this this <laughs> this jigsaw." You just said my daughter's gonna ask me, "Why do I not take my pants off?" <laughs> but it's at the water park with the other. <laughs> but we can make we can make this. I hope someone starts a podcast without hearing. <laughs> Daddy, why don't you take your pants off? That's all I hear. Dang. Anyone hears? Completely out of context. Oh, I know how this sounds. We can, we can make this juicier. Yeah. You have to wear one pair of jeans. Versus Ooh. one pair of jean shorts for the rest of your life and never take them off. Jeans. Jeans? Yeah. Okay. Jean shorts are pretty rough. But, like, imagine, like, you can't wash your legs ever if you have 
jeans on. And Eagles tailgate in August just wearing some jeans. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's that's a tough one. Eagles tailgates in August are way too hot. Although you um, might be no worse than the average Eagles tailgater yeah, at that point. <laughs> Let's be honest. Pretty much. Um, well, that was the jigsaw of the week. Thank you for being a good sport and, and uh, answering that. And Thanks thank, for coming on. Yeah, yeah man. Thank thanks you. for having me. It's it's great definitely time. great to have you guys. Yeah. All right, guys. There's only one of them. What do you mean? There's only one. You said you guys. Well, I'm talking to the rest of the audience that is currently uh, listening to uh, us. Everyone but Jim. Thank fuck you, guys. You, Jim. Except Jim. Fuck you. Actually, they don't deserve this podcast. Yeah, no, you guys no, don't no, deserve no. this sweet, good content we're producing. I'm actually, we made like, a 10-page <clears throat> prep document for this podcast. What's like the final so you better fucking podcast, love right it. Like, what are we, uh, what are we probably like an hour 20, hopefully. Like, uh, if I'm wrong on that, my bad. It's I'm nice, about to get it's fired nice from on it, so now I don't feel obligated to like go back yeah, and listen actually, to it. Yeah, actually, like, yeah. I don't have to listen to a two-hour podcast anymore. Uh, All right. Well, we're going to leave it at that. Thank you guys for coming on and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.